This is episode number 230 with Bert Jacobs from Life is Good. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome everyone to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Lewis Howes. I am your host and we've got an incredible guest. His name is Bert Jacobs. He is the chief executive optimist of the company Life is Good. You guys know that shirt, t-shirt company you see all over in airports and all over the world called Life is Good with the little stick figure and smiley face dudes. That's this guy. He and his brother John began designing and selling t-shirts in the street in 1989 by converting an old van and sold t-shirts dorm to dorm. They founded Life is Good together in 1994. Their company has since become an internationally recognized lifestyle brand available in thousands of retail locations worldwide. They focus on guiding the company vision, creating inspiring content, and growing a healthy business, all while helping kids overcome poverty, violence, and severe medical challenges. And I had a great time connecting with Bert today. I think you're going to really love this episode. Really dive into how to build a $100 million brand uh, today from scratch. If he could do it all over again, what would he do differently? How he built it up along the way. Really, the first five years, he didn't make much money at all with him and his brother until one thing changed it all and sales started going through the roof with this one decision they made. We cover all of that and more. Very excited to dive into this episode with Bert. Without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and dive into this episode with uh, my new friend and very wise human being, Bert Jacobs. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit airforce.com to learn more. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a business day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. Welcome everyone back to School of Greatness podcast. We've got Bert Jacobs in the house. Good to see you, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me here, Lewis. Good to be here. I appreciate it. You've got a new book out called Life is Good. Cleverly enough. How to live with purpose and enjoy the ride for those who are watching this. For those who are listening in, make sure to check it out. Where can they get the book? Lifeisgood.com. Lifeisgood.com. Any airport where Life is Good stores are around the world. You can get it there also. Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, Amazon. It's all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Now, you've had an incredible journey. You started with $78, is that right? 
Well, 78 dollars is what we had after five years. Okay, after so, five years. Yeah, okay. we probably started with more than 78 bucks, <laughs> but after five years, we were down to 78. Gotcha. And this is the yep. Life is Good brand, the t-shirt company that you guys launched. How many years ago was this? Uh, 21. 21 years ago. Yeah. And you started with an idea. Why did this even start and how did it start? Well, you know, what happened first was uh, we just started making t-shirts. We yeah. were designing t-shirts. We wanted to try to build a business selling art. And right. we were intimidated by the world of art. But t-shirts was not intimidating to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we also looked at the t-shirt as a, a vehicle for communication. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what somebody's willing to put on their chest on the outside says a lot about who they are on the inside. Mm. So that was the idea. We had about five years of t-shirts that didn't sell well (laughs) and not really good ideas. And then finally, after five years, we came up with something that was commercially viable. Mm. And um, it really came about because we had one conversation. We were traveling in our van and sleeping in our van and selling door-to-door in college dorms up and down the East Coast. Mm And um, we talked about how the media inundates our culture with negative information, always reinforcing what's wrong with the world and rarely celebrating what's right with the world. So we kind of talked about it like, you know, bad things do happen, but lots of good things happen, too. Sure. And we don't get a balance, you know. Um, And in fact, you can make a really good argument that things are getting better and better. Um, So we wondered if we could come up with some symbol that would celebrate what's right with the world rather than what's wrong. And my brother drew the Jake character, right? The character? Beret, yeah, and uh, just his head. Mm-hmm. That was the first drawing. Yep. And in those days, we, uh, towards the end of the five years, we had a tradition where when we came back to Boston, since we weren't selling enough T-shirts, we were selling in college dormitories in, in the streets, we weren't selling enough to sustain the business yeah. so we started doing custom work for local bars restaurants landscape companies etc and we took an apartment that doubled as a studio in boston and we'd go on the road for about six weeks and when we came home we'd always throw a keg party okay we'd always have all of our True friends boston, yeah. yeah we had a very diverse group of friends come over and we'd tell some stories what happened on the road and yeah. just good to see everybody and be home and we also was kind of like a focus group because we'd put the artwork that we ah. wanted to develop that uh, on, see what people on the walls. liked and what they didn't like or whatever. Yeah. Exactly, and everybody really liked the character, hmm. and it didn't say life is good. It was just a character, stick just a character. But this one girl at the party, she kind of gave it to us. She put an arrow. We used to let people write right on the walls, and she wrote, "This guy's got life figured out." And in the morning, we didn't see it that night, but in the morning, we looked at it, and we really liked that idea. We're like, this guy could be like the superhero of optimism. And um, we knew it was too many words for a T-shirt, so we kind of distilled it into the three simple words, life is good. Hmm. And, you know, at this point, we'd had a million harebrained ideas and got excited about them every time. So we did what we always did was print 48 of the shirt, (laughs) get out on the street and sell it. Sure. This time it was different. Wow. 48 t-shirts. We sold them in 45 minutes. What? Scared the hell out of us. Whoa. Yeah. We were were in uh, Cambridge, Mass., and it was a street fair. It was something we were signed up for already. We had all our regular t-shirts there. Four dozen t-shirts in less than an hour, and we were just looking at each other like, oh, my God, this is it. And, you know, the, the one thing is, like, people bought it and paid cash for it, so we knew we had something that could sell without any advertising. Yeah. People could understand it. And the second thing was we loved it. Mm. We loved the message, you sure. know? So uh, that was it. I think, like, you know, from there, we, we made every mistake in the book, but the concept <laughs> was strong enough. How did you know for five years? I mean, most businesses fail within the first couple of years, but you did yeah. this for five years. What kept you continually doing it, even when you were still struggling after five years? Yeah, it, it's a good question, um, you know, we grew up with the youngest of six kids, and um, like most families, we had our challenges. Yeah. And our parents did not have enough money for six kids, and um, when we were in elementary school, our parents had a near-death car accident. Mm. And our mom had her seatbelt on, and she got some broken bones, but she was okay. Our dad never physically recovered. He, he lost the use of his right arm, and um, I think the combination of the tight economics and that accident, he was an avid outdoorsman. He was a gifted blue-collar guy, but a gifted craftsman. Yeah. 
And a frustration just hit a boiling point with him. And uh, I think he became depressed. He just, our entire childhood, he was yelling and screaming. Mm. Wasn't a bad guy. And we knew it even at the time. But when I look back, it's obvious now to say he was yelling at himself. Of course. But um, our mom kept it together. And she was really the first powerful optimist in our lives. She really showed us that, you know, life isn't perfect and life isn't easy, but life is good. And um, she did it in a lot of ways, but maybe the greatest gift she gave us was this ritual she had at the dinner table. She'd look around at her six kids and my dad and say, tell me something good that happened today. And she always did it. And um, it changed the energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, it, and she really taught us that idea that happiness and enjoyment doesn't come from what you have mm -hmm. or even where you are, but more from your disposition. Mm -hmm. And so that later is the inspiration for Life is Good as a brand. Wow. You, we should have known it earlier. But, sure, sure. you know, when you grow up with it, I don't know. You know, we were so close to it, we didn't see it. Right, right. Um, and then when we had that conversation about the media and the business started going, we really kind of looked back and said, you know, Mom was kind of trying to tell us this all along. Right. We're a little slow on the uptake, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that, so that was it. And, I mean, I think, like, business mechanics... Anybody can figure them out. Yeah. We, we, we didn't know anything about distribution or production or sourcing or any, you know, we still can't add two and two, right? <laughs> so we had to hire some people along the way, but I think, um, you know, the brand concept was so strong it carried us. Yeah. And sorry, you know, your, your question about the first five years, I think we had a, you know, we were fairly resilient um, and we had that since we were raised with that optimism. Optimism, you know, in our perspective, isn't just a soft philosophy. It's actually very useful. It's very practical. Mm -hmm. And um, we created little scenarios where we say to each other, if we go out and sell T-shirts in the street today and we don't sell any, we're not going to look at it as a failure. Mm. We're going to look at it instead as a rich learning ground. So what did we learn? Gotcha. We learned that we had the wrong graphics. Mm -hmm. We had the wrong editorial. We had the wrong color. What did we learn? Maybe we had bad haircuts. Right. You know, yeah. something wasn't working in the street. You got right? feedback from that experience. Yeah, in other, it, yeah. Or if we had a good day and we sold a lot of shirts, then we were successful. If we didn't sell the shirts, we didn't look at it and say we're not successful. We looked at it and said we learned something and it's yeah. valuable. It's like, and a then it's like a focus group. That's right. Yeah. And the, ne the next day, we would apply that stuff. Yeah. We would change it. And so I think we were just, uh, you know, we were practicing the art of optimism from the beginning, even before we had the optimistic mm -hmm. brand. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also had each other. It, it, yeah. You know, so one, I'm not saying we didn't get down. Yeah. There, there were times <laughs> where it was a little bit of a bummer to us, too, right? Yeah. And we're, we just, you know, year after year, and you're not really getting anywhere. But the other guy would always be there. And for us, you know, one of the superpowers um, that everybody has access to is humor. So, I mean, we'd make fun of each other. We'd try to make each other laugh. We'd yes. make fun of ourselves. And that was another thing that kept us going. Yeah, you know? that's cool. And so the book talks about 10 superpowers, right? Right. Now, why did you distill it down to 10 superpowers? Yeah. And what are maybe some of the, the few that you really think we could tap into? To yeah, sure. Live, so, live a good um, life? You know, the word superpower is kind of tongue-in-cheek. The, the whole idea behind life is good is that optimism is a choice, mm -hmm. okay? Um, everybody wakes up in the morning and they can decide to focus on what's wrong with their life or what's right with their life. Yeah. And whatever you choose is likely going to be what grows. Right, exactly. So do you really want to pour your resources into a list of things that are wrong with your life or a list of things that are going to go wrong? Because that's what pessimism is, Yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it's not helpful okay now rational optimism it's not blind optimism that we're promoting sure we don't ignore that there's challenges in the world right everybody has challenges we just choose to focus our energy on what's working or mm -hmm. what's going right mm -hmm. right and we realized or came to realize through all these years of selling life is good t-shirts right. we have a big customer base millions and millions of people that write us letters and uh, emails and share personal things. And we realize that that choice to be a rational optimist opens you up to a series of values that we call superpowers. So 
it enables you, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, you, when you're a pessimist, you've got your head down. Yes. So, so one of the superpowers is openness. Just being open. You know, if you're a believer in what's happening and you're focused on the good things that are happening and you're searching for the good things that are happening, you're more open. You're actually more attractive. Right. You're more magnetic to people, yes. right? So, so that's the first one, openness, right? I mentioned the sense of humor, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, you know, optimism enables all of these things. Gratitude. One of the things our customers um, taught us that really surprised us and we didn't know is that the people who face the most difficult challenges in the world, they're the ones who have the greatest appreciation for life. Yeah. So if, if you and I had a sandwich today, Lewis, right? It might just be a sandwich. Right. <laughs> but if you spent six months in a hospital eating through a tube, it wouldn't just be a sandwich. It would be the best meal I've it ever had. It would be the greatest thing on the earth. <laughs> All right. And, and the people that go through chemotherapy yeah. and are lucky enough to come out the other side, they don't just eat sandwiches. Mm. Everything they do, you, you could have a barbecue in the backyard and it's the Taj Mahal to them. Right. Every day. <laughs> they notice the trees and the flowers. Yeah. They, they value their friendships and the people that they love. It's a heightened gratitude. So gratitude is a superpower. It's a tool that we can use. Mm -hmm. So all 10 of these superpowers, yeah. we call them superpowers, but they're not like bullet speed or Herculean strength. These sure. are accessible to anybody. Of course. And I guess the other thing that's real important about these 10 superpowers is that they're timeless. We live in a day and age where you're expected to be on trend. You gotta be on trend and off trend, yeah. on time, every time, right? Mm -hmm. That's really hard. Right. We're not on trend all the time at all. We try and we're running a business, so if the fit of t-shirts or whatever the trend for other businesses that we're in changes, we've got to follow that like anybody else. Yeah. But the basis of our organization and the basis of Life is Good, the book, is that the most powerful tools a human being has to live a happy and fulfilling life existed for your great, great, great grandparents yeah. In fact, if they lived a happy and fulfilling life, they use these superpowers. Yes. And a cool thing is they will exist for your great, great, great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. these, are, these are timeless right. uh, devices. Right. And, and they're, it's not rocket science. It's not. I, mean, I mean, my brother and I are simple people. Yeah. Simplicity is a superpower. Yeah. We live in a complex world. So we all have to call down to what really matters. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have to um, choose what we love and choose who we love yeah. and put our limited time on this planet into that. Yeah. So that sounds simple, but it gets away from all of us. You know what I mean? Well, there's a lot, you know, I love it, the, the title about how to live with purpose. And a lot of people might be attracted to that, but thinking, how do I live with purpose and make money around that? You know, I can't afford working five years on my purpose or my passion and yeah. not making money. What are some right. things you teach people around how to do both? Well, the world has changed, and it's changed for the better, in our humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. Is there still challenges? Sure. We've got ISIS in the Middle East, and we've got a planetary crisis with the environment, etc., right? But humanity's moved in the right direction in a lot of ways, right? So, um, sorry, I forgot what your question was. How do we live with purpose and make money? Oh, right. This, so the world has changed in a lot of ways, and one of those ways is that it was only 1989 that the mm. internet was invented. Right. And the internet, it's taken a little while, but it's connecting everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? That gives a lot of power to the buyers of goods and services. And what we're learning for the first time in the history of the world is that consumers are taking control mm -hmm. of the selling process yeah. away from the sellers. Right. Right? Advertising used to be about showing up at a party and talking about yourself and interrupting everybody. Right. Now... Consumers will tell you when to speak at that party, mm -hmm. and they will tell you to make it relevant to their lives. Yes. This is actually a good thing. So for businesses that are authentically making the world better in some way, consumers are patronizing those businesses. They're mm -hmm. building those businesses, right? They're co-authoring the stories of yes. those brands. And for businesses that are inauthentic and are hurting the world, consumers are starting to rip those businesses down. Yep. So for us, even though we didn't have all the answers, they believed we were trying to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Once we heard from uh, customers that were facing difficult challenges, we decided to start a foundation for kids that face violence and poverty and illnesses like cancer. Mm -hmm. 
and um, we donate at least a minimum of 10% of our profits to those kits. Well, our customer base heard that, and instead of buying one T-shirt, they started buying two. Wow. What was more important, they started talking about it. And we've never spent a penny in traditional advertising in 21 years, right? But our customer base, which is growing every day, has built this business with us because they believe in it. Mm. So I would say for somebody starting a business, forget about the idea of giving back, in, in my opinion. It's just a term, right? There's nothing wrong with the term. But I think the connotation of giving back is, let me build this big successful business, let me have a pile of money in three boats, and then I'll give back, <laughs> right? Right, right? And that's not the direction capitalism is moving. Mm. The integration of social work into your business is a good idea. And it may be your best marketing campaign as long as it's authentic, yes. as long as you're really helping. So I would also say, make sure it's something you really care about. For us, it was kids because kids are the greatest optimists on the planet. Yeah. Our brand is about optimism. Our brand is about being open. There's nobody more open than kids, yes. right? And we're all open like this, wide open when we're kids. And when we're adults, we have a tendency right. to get like this, skeptical, right? right? So um, for us, it made sense to support kids and try to make life good for everybody, sure, sure. you know? So when did you start realizing, you know, you had this sh one shirt that started to sell? When did it start to... To get to a point where you're like, okay, we're actually making some money. Like this yeah. is this is creating a movement. We're not just like living out of the van anymore, yeah. or schlepping at fairs. Well, one of the most part. important things, like the first day we sold the shirts, uh -huh. people always say like, what was the first thing you recognized or realized? It was the cash going in my pocket. Yeah, you know, my brother would tell you the same thing. Like people want to hear that right away. It was more touchy feely, and it was all about the philanthropic side. No. You can't help anybody if you don't make profit. Exactly. We're capitalists. We believe in capitalism as a powerful force for good. So the first thing was, hey, man, this is commercially viable. We might be able to get out of that van. Right? Right. That was honestly it. The second thing we noticed was that there was a very broad demographic, only 48 shirts, but these people came from all different walks of life, mm. and they're buying the same message. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give Give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which is crazy to think about because that means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while clearly a lot of things have changed since 1877, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. I mean, I think we all grew up with Quaker in our household. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different forms flavors and varieties, one of my faves for a quick breakfast. And whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker Oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats in your local grocery store. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas? hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. 
When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. The idea of trying to use the business to help really didn't come until September 11th which is oddly anniversary today as we talk, right? September 11th, 2001, um, devastating day. And our own small staff was walking around. We were a $3 million company. Mm. And they were walking around saying, I'm not sure life is so good right now. And another thing I remember people saying was, I don't know if the American people wants to hear that life is good. Right. So it's a tricky thing. So we held a company-wide meeting. So you don't want to shove it down people's faces like... That's right. And so we weren't sure what to do. But mm. it's the only product we had. So we'd be out of business if we stopped selling. You can't say life sucks. Right. <laughs> so what we did was we held a company-wide meeting. And this one girl in our warehouse raised her hand and she said, why don't we make a t-shirt and give the profits to the families that lost someone? And we said, okay, that's a great idea. Let's go for that. And the first thing it did, it was like galvanizing to our employees... You know, we put up a big American flag. We started wow. screen printing this stylized American flag. And we sent word out to all the retailers we were selling and said, 100% of the profits for 60 days are going to go to the United Way. Right? That shirt, we had a goal of trying to raise $20,000, which we thought was pretty pie in the sky for yeah. a $3 million company. Right? We sold, well, we raised in profit $207,000 with that one shirt wow. in 60 days. Wow. That was the breakthrough. That was when we realized this business could be much more than a business. Wow. So after that, we started supporting a bunch of different nonprofits. We got focused on kids' charities. We started having Life is Good pumpkin festivals. Mm. We broke the Guinness World Record for the most lit carved pumpkins in one place at one time. Ridiculous, right? And, And breaking a Guinness record really didn't matter. That was fun, and it was on our bucket list. Yeah. But the more important thing was in one night, we raised a half a million dollars. Wow. So, yeah, it's always something, but, you know, now we can look at it and really encourage entrepreneurs and startups to choose a cause, a social cause that you care about up front and find a way to integrate it into your business. Uh, don't wait for someday. Until you make the money, the lots of money. All ships can rise. Mm. It can help build your business. So you, think it's, so you think it's pretty much worthless to start a business unless you're adding some type of giving back from the beginning? Should that be... Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I wouldn't recommend um, a business without some social cause. I wouldn't tell you how to go about it and how sure. much. But there's two big reasons. One is, we like to say, takers eat well, but givers sleep well. So you want to feel good about your life. Everybody wants to, right? So if you're just grinding away, trying to make a living, if it doesn't wear on you in the first year or two, it will in the first five or ten years. Eventually, you're going to want to do something to help other people. Compassion is a superpower, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to want to help other people. Start from the beginning in a small way, mm-hmm. in some way, but associate it with your brand. Make it easy for consumers. Make it easy for them to understand. Our brand is about happiness. It's about, you know, um, social and psychological health, if you want to get academic yes. about it, right? So why not then have our nonprofit focus on the same stuff? Yes. So we're, we're, we deal with, you know, kids that are facing violence and poverty and illnesses, we don't get them the medicine, the food, or the shelter. We deal with their disposition. Yeah. We deal with their view of the world. Mm-hmm. We, we create resilience for them. Mm-hmm. And um, so people understand it. You see, life is good. Who doesn't want life, is good to, you know, good, life to be good for all kids? Right. Right? So they understand it. I think one of, the, one of the worst things that businesses do is make heavy lifting for consumers, making it difficult to connect. A lot of businesses start having a a five-mile walk or 5K because someone in the company got breast cancer. That's a good thing to do, but if your company's not, uh, say, making women's products, it might not be the easiest thing to connect. You should probably try to connect your company because you're going to help a lot more people. Uh, Now, maybe your company does make women's products, and maybe breast cancer would be the best cause for it. 
But I think you have to be strategic. You can't be all heart. You got to use your head too. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Um, so after that happened, after the 9-11 and the 60 days, what was the next big step for you guys? Like where did it grow to the next level? Because you were on $3 million then in 2001. Yeah. Like when did you see like, oh, we're now a $50 million company? Yeah, right? it was you interesting. Know? So we, we made a bold move. Uh, some guys came to visit us and they wanted to buy the Life is Good brand. Mm. And we're, this was right at the same time, $3 million company. Um, we just decided to do this shirt. and um, You had retail stores at this point, right? No, uh, wholesale, just... only wholesale. Got you. Yeah, uh, we had an e-com. From the very beginning, we launched our own website with an e-com really? business. Wow. We were shipping six, seven shirts a day, but we were in business. Right. And, and the thing with that was we were learning from those six or seven customers more than we were from wholesale. Yeah. So I'm a believer that you, they can live symbiotically, and they certainly have for us. Um, so we had two business units, e-com yeah. and a wholesale. And these guys came in, and they wanted to buy the brand. We weren't interested in selling it. Um, after some discussion... We really needed sales guys, yeah. and they had great sales guys with them, and we wanted parts of what they had. So we ended up agreeing to license the brand. Mm -hmm. My brother and I would design and continue to come up with the editorial and the graphics and do the creative, and they would be the muscle of the business. Mm -hmm. And they had been around the block and uh, been in the t-shirt business a lot longer than us, and so that relationship really worked. Between the year, it took us six years to grow from $78 to $3 million. But then from 2000 to 2004, we grew from $3 million to $40 million. Wow. So it was a very good move to outsource and the hold sales. on to the piece that was yeah. kind of in our wheelhouse, mm -hmm. right? The issue that happened in 2004 was that now we were dedicated to this kids' foundation. And we really wanted to make that a part of who we were, a part of our brand. Mm -hmm. The licensee, and I'm not blaming them, wasn't so interested in that. It wasn't that they didn't like kids they or wanted to help. Make, they wanted to make money. They wanted to make money, <laughs> and they were saying to us, you get a nice fat royalty check, you give your money to kids. Right. We'll decide what to do with ours. Right. Well, our thing, when we kept talking about it, was we want the brand to be about helping kids. We think the company can give and will continue to give, and I feel this way today, the most giving and awareness will come from our customer base. The most powerful thing we have is a reach mm -hmm. out to millions and millions of people. I think we have, you know, nearly 3 million Facebook fans these days. Wow. So, like, that's a community of optimists. That's an army of optimists that can help when somebody needs right. it, right? right? So we had to buy back our license. Really? And in the process, we bought their company. <laughs> it was scary because now, for the first time in our lives, we're making a good living. My brother and I both bought homes in downtown Boston in a nice neighborhood. We never would have dreamed of living in the back bay. Yeah. We were doing well now, you know. I was sitting on my roof deck looking at the Charles River going, <laughs> wow, what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, now we're about to go in debt. We borrowed $26.5 million, $16.5 million to buy the license back and the wow. brand, and, I mean, and the company. And another $10 million we had to invest in inventory to run the business because now it was a $40 million business. Sure. The good news is when we got control of it, we got along with all the staff of the licensee, so we still kind of had that muscle. We took off. We went from wow. 40 to $100 million over the next, uh, you know, three and a half years. Wow. So, um, you know. What do you think is, I mean, how do you think you got to $100 million? With that, I mean, it's still the yeah. same company. You mean, you still yeah. have the same team. Essentially, you just acquired them as opposed to right. being separate. But what was the difference maker? Was it just the time? Was it the... Uh... Yeah, I think it was uh, learning how to say life is good to more audiences, right? Life is good is applicable to almost every audience. Mm -hmm. But we started exploiting different groups. So one of the first to take hold of it was outdoor athletes and enthusiasts. People that climb mountains, yeah. ski, snowboard, they're close to nature. They're, they're open-minded. They understood life is good right from the beginning. Yeah. They know that uh, a day fishing, it's a pretty good that's, life, right? that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, to them, it's, it's not all about how many cars they have, yeah. right? So that was a real easy one for us. Sure. Um, then we went at team sports. I mean, we grew up being hoop junkies yeah. and, um, 
you know, loving baseball and football and basketball and hockey. So we had some distribution because of the outdoor within sporting goods. So sporting goods came next. But then home hobbies, things like playing guitar, things like painting, things like gardening. So all we really had to do to grow to 100 million was listen. Listen to what, and that became the tagline of the company. Do what you love, love what you do. Really simple. We didn't have to figure everything out. It's another thing I would say to the budding entrepreneurs out there is like, don't feel like because you're the founder or you're the entrepreneur, you need all the answers. Talk about your business and leave it open to people and then welcome their ideas. Because you and your brother didn't have all the answers. We didn't have the answers. The retailers gave them to us. Uh One of the first retailers asked us if uh, this character, Jake, likes ice cream. I didn't even understand what she meant. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, well, we, we thought that eating an ice cream is a time when life is good. So does he eat ice cream? And we said, hmm, nobody will. Wow. You know, we, pretty soon Jake started eating, eating ice cream. And then somebody called and said, does he ride a bicycle? And we just started listening to what people loved. So I think the, you know, the other thing that happened from 3 million to 100 million was we hired specialists. Hired somebody that really understands the technical environment. My brother and I aren't strong at finance, so we had to get somebody who comes from that background. And, you know, like at first, you hire your cousins and you hire the guy at the pub and the guy on your softball team, and we did all that. Yeah. And, um, and, and a lot of those guys are still with us and they're our best friends and they're great. Not all of them work out. So I think yeah. you got to grow up. Get, get professional and hire more sophisticated people. Yeah. So hiring people that are faster, stronger, smarter than us wasn't that hard. <laughs> right. Now, yeah. how many employees do you have in the company now? Uh, it's about 165. Okay. And how, yeah. many, how many retail stores do you have? Well, there's about 55 dedicated Life is Good stores, but mm-hmm. we don't own them. You don't own any of them? And, any of them. They're independent. So independent, yeah. franchise that someone buys? or Yeah, it's actually just wholesale accounts uh, yeah. with nothing in the store but Life is Good. So That's they it. either threw out all the other brands, and for that we give them like a special discount. We'll give them special merchandise that other stores don't have, etc. And we have a tight relationship with them. Wow. We call them genuine neighborhood shops. Wow. And... Um, or, or sometimes they kept their multi-brand store, and they invested in a second store across the street that only sells Life is Good. Wow. Yeah. And so. they do pretty well just selling your goods. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, like, every parts of our business, we've made our mistakes, and we've learned as we go, you know. So not all of the genuine neighborhood shops had the right management, were in the right places. Life is Good, the parent company, didn't always do the right things. Yes. Um, but I think uh, we've gotten better at it, just like all facets of our yeah. business. So, Where's the business going now? Is it more going online? Is it more retail stores? We're, we're going it... through a, a kind of a, this is like the third chapter mm. of a, a phase of the business. So the recession really stalled our business. Mm. And we could look at it and we could blame the macro picture and say, hey, there's nothing we could do. You know, the country went into a huge recession. Um, the reality is, is the recession exposed weaknesses in our business. Yes. The good news is the brand is rock solid. Um, our mission is rock solid. Our vision, you know, the mission is spread the power of optimism. The vision is to be a multi-billion dollar global company that mm. saves kids' lives everywhere and spreads the power of optimism. Right. Right. And um, the values are the superpowers. They're timeless. They're for humanity. So those things are solid. Everything else is changing. Sure. Everything, right? <laughs> so that doesn't mean we won't still make T-shirts, etc. Huh. but we're changing aesthetics. We're welcoming new art styles. Um, content is the buzzword in all business now. Yeah. So we want to become the hub of optimism. We want to work with artists online. Yeah. We want to, but we're still going to sell brick and mortar. Yeah. We'll probably get more in the retail game ourselves too. We'll continue to grow our e-com business. We have a licensing business that's growing. Wow. We're going into food and beverage. We're going into automotive. We're going into publishing, entertainment, education. But none of this works unless we can create artistic content that spreads the power of optimism. Mm. So we're working with spoken word poets. Nice. We're working with musicians. We have nice relationships with the Zach Brown Band, yep. we have, who's very aligned with us. He's opening a camp for kids with challenges. Wow. It's called Camp Southern Ground, and he's authentic, man. He's, he's really on board. We can use his star power, and he can use our knowledge about optimism and our nonprofit, 
Life is Good Kids Foundation is training all of the counselors at his camps. Wow. So it's a nice, we, we align well. Michael Franti in San Francisco, a great friend and a hero of ours. The guy has the right idea. He has a growing fan base. He's a tremendous artist, but he really believes in optimism. He really believes in practicing gratitude. Mm -hmm. As he says, it is no different than file shots. You got to right. practice it every day. That's it. So we're going to work with lots of artists. In fact, we're letting a lot of them design new T-shirts. That's cool. And um, so we feel as though we're like a 21-year startup. <laughs> it really feels like that. That's we got cool. a lot of young energy around our place. And we're taking chances and risks, and um, you know maybe we'll crash and burn, or maybe uh, we'll take it, take our little league team to the World Series. There you go, I like it. And for anyone who wanted, to, who's thinking of starting a clothing line or a t-shirt company today, if you yeah. could, from all the years of knowledge that you have from launching this business, there's so many t-shirt companies coming out lately. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's starting their own? Maybe it'd be maybe you wouldn't want to give it because they'd be a competitor. But no, I don't mind. We, yeah. don't, have, we don't have any secrets. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not easy. I welcome anybody to do it. Right? What would you if you were like if it was you starting out today? Yeah. You had all your experience, but you didn't have the brand anymore. Yeah. You're starting a new brand, a new yeah. T-shirt line. Right. Like, the life is amazing. Yeah, line. yeah, yeah. What would you do? What would be the first year strategy for you? Yeah. Um, so and, a, and you had limited resources. Things. Yeah, yeah. A few things I would do. Um, Definitely um, keep it simple, okay? Because unless you have an enormous advertising budget, one of the things that worked for us, people understood life is good. It existed before us. We were lucky enough to trademark it, right? But we didn't invent life is good. Yeah. So you have to have an emotional connection right away, right? So keep it simple. The world is complex. It's noisy. There's lots of competition for people's um, attention, right? So the first one, really keep it simple. The second one I would say is that make sure whatever you're building is something you believe in, that you're really passionate about, because it will show through. It won't be authentic, and your business will grow much faster if you're truly behind it. You'll burn out if you're not really behind it, too. Yeah. So if it takes more time to develop, fine. Uh, make sure you love it. Yeah. The third thing I would say is that... Um, we hear from people all the time. They have all these elaborate projects and prototypes and focus group after focus group. Make something. Get in the street and sell it. Mm. Build a website and get a customer base, even if it's seven people a day. Yeah. That was a, a big breakthrough for us. We were naive. We didn't know any better. So we just, you know, we heard about the Internet. We opened up and we just sort of saw what happened yeah. and what happened was our customers helped us they were the community so i find people have been trying to i remember we, we did some articles with inc magazine and they told us that america is obsessed with starting a business but 99.9 percent .9 of them never do it mm. they talk about it for decades and decades you don't have to quit your job but make something and sell it go sell it Go sell yeah. it. Do it on the weekends. Stop with yeah. the prototypes. Yeah. It's good enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever it is. Right. Even if it's a shoe that doesn't fit right, sell it. <laughs> Get something out there, right? Sure, sure. Because you're going to learn like mad. Yeah. And then you're going to apply that the next day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I just think, like, we're, we're big on skin in your knees, school of hard knocks, yeah. um, not too much academia. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself over the last two decades? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing we've learned is that this business isn't about us. Um, it's about the receiver of the message. You know, um, we're, we're grateful to be pitching the words life is good because it's a lot of fun to sell it. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the reason it's worked is that it's meaningful to our customers. They've let us into their homes They've led us into their private stories. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess, yeah, if I were to summarize that, maybe the biggest thing we've learned is that we all think we have a lot of stories, right? And in that book, there's lots of stories. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, every one of us has one story, and it's called your life. And deciding what you're going to do with that life, you know, how you're going to spend your time, and protecting that time with your life. There's nothing more important mm. because that time is your life. Yeah, I love that. What would you say is your greatest superpower? 
For me, um, maybe a sense of humor. Yeah. You know, I'm not the, the brightest person on the planet, but I've always been able to make people laugh. And right. I think that uh, there, nothing breaks down walls uh -huh. like having a laugh. Yes. Like, I'll, as an example, we started doing some public speaking, my brother and I, and we, we never had any training. <laughs> We're not polished speakers. We never will be. So I get intimidated and nervous backstage when, when I see there's a lot of people out there. And for us, the speaking thing's ramped up real quickly, and sometimes it's, you know, 2,500 people. And they're all smarter than us, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're all like executives of business. So I'm nervous when I walk out, but if in the first 60 seconds I can make them laugh, that room gets small. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. So uh, humor, you know, the reason we say it's a superpower is, is that, mm -hmm. right? It connects people, but it's also super healthy. We, we all know that, like, you know, talk about nutrition, and, and fitness, but if you can laugh a couple times a day, that's gonna do as much for you. Yeah. It's the biggest stress reducer. You release endorphins, um, dopamine, which is our you know natural happy chemical. Mm -hmm. That comes from laughter. Yeah. So I think, you know, if I, if I have anything to offer, it would maybe to make people laugh. That's good. What is your daily ritual, either in the morning or during the day or at night, to live a good life for you? Yeah. Um, or what you know, makes up living a good life? What, yeah, yeah. what are the, the things that people Yeah, I mean, to me, the most important thing in living a good life is, do I see my family and my friends? You know, I'm, I'm single, but I'm still tight with my siblings that have family, so I want to see my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Um, we lost our folks, unfortunately, over yeah. the last two years, uh, and I miss them every day. But there's friends that I consider family, too. And so every day, being able to see them and just have a laugh with them, yeah. uh, listen to what's going on in their lives, that's really important. We're physical guys, both my brother and I. So, you know, for me, in the last yeah. six years, I've gotten into surfing. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's favorite sport of my life. Um, cool. Play on an ultimate Frisbee team love and play ultimate. some pickup. I love it. So fun. So getting a little, you know, we're, we're, we're simple animals, you know. Yeah. We like to run like dogs. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's another way to... Um, you know, have a happy, fulfilling life is just stay active. You know, action is eloquence. Yeah. So um, I think that's it. And then uh, spending some time with our team at Life is Good. And we have good days and bad too. But as long as we're moving in the right direction and we're trying and we're a team. Yeah. What's a, what's a personal goal for you right now? Do you feel like you can build this business into a multi-billion dollar yeah. business, give back, and also do you yeah. feel like you can have the relationships you want to, or the yeah. intimate relationships, and yeah. Yeah. have it, a family? A, is that something you want? It, it, it is, actually. A real central personal goal of mine is, uh, you know, something most people want. Find the love of your life. Yeah. I've had a lot of great girlfriends in my life, but never the one, you know? Mm. So um, I'd really like to have a family. I'd really like to settle down. And then professionally, I really think we've just gotten started. So I think we're in the process of repla replacing me as president. Mm -hmm. I'm going to remain CEO. But we're going to get somebody in here who's truly a great operator. Yeah. I'm not a great operator. Right. You know, We've been good enough to get it from A to B, yeah. but no ego about that. So getting somebody in place so that my brother and I can work more on the creative elements of the business yeah. where we started. And then um, really grow the thing. We're, yeah. we're not into being a uh, small giant or, you know, people when, when people like a business, they always say, you're going to stay small, right? Because they believe if you grow big, everything has to go wrong. We want to, you know, if the mission is spread the power of optimism, you can only do that so much as a $100 million business. Mm. As a multi-billion dollar business all over the planet, you know, we don't think that life is good is an American message. We think that it's a human message. So let's go for it. Let's, mm. let's see the world. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? You know, I think with the passing of my mom and my dad, grateful for both of them. Yeah. Um, our mom for being the hero of our youth and being the powerful optimist. But I'm grateful for my dad because um, even though he had his struggles throughout our upbringing, he was a great guy kind of before our time. And that great guy came back in the ten, last 10 years of his lives. We'd like to think we played a role in it. Our friends would show up at the house and say, what's going into your dad? <laughs> he had a sense of humor. Um, it was like he and my mom were dating. So I'm really grateful that their, the autumn of their life was really beautiful and that uh, they got to see all of us six ragtag kids <laughs> kind of land on our feet. Yeah. Um, I think more than anything, I'm grateful for that. And all the friends that we've made uh, along the way with yeah. Life is Good, we always say, like, 
we made more mistakes than we know what to do with, but the only thing we made more of is friends. That's cool. I like yeah. that. What's something you've done that you're really proud of that most people don't know about you? Yeah, something that people that uh, people wouldn't know. Um, I think it's the relationships that, you know, you can't talk about all of them, but we've spent time with people that are going through the worst things in their lives. Yeah. And um, it's behind the scenes with the Life is Good Kids Foundation. It's the families that are suffering through the worst things yeah. and the kids that really need help. I think that's the stuff that we're most proud of and the most meaningful part mm -hmm. of Life is Good. Um, and, you know, you can't always share all of that, but... Um, yeah. It's rich. It, it's rich, and it becomes part of you. And um, I think today, you know, we think we can do more, mm -hmm. certainly, and we will. Um, but I'm sleeping well. I That's feel good. like we're, we're living a good life because it's not all about, you know, what we have and making yeah. more money. Yeah. Um, I think we're finding ways. I think I'm most proud of realizing that at an early enough stage that we weren't born for business. Business was born for us, mm. and business is a tool to live a happy and fulfilling life, and that includes helping other people. That's cool. Now, at the end of the book, you have a, a story about your mom and her last, her last like wishes, right? Like something yeah. that you asked her, is there anything you want? Yeah. Can you tell that story? Sure, yeah. So um, our mom was 87 years old when we found out she had lung cancer. And, um, you know, she never smoked a cigarette in her life. Uh, and her mom lived to be 102. Wow. So we were expecting my mom to be around for a long time, and she was in great shape. And um, so we quickly learned that there wasn't much we were going to be able to do. And she accepted it very courageously. And so JJ, my business partner and brother, and I went to her and asked her, is there something that you always wanted to do? Some place that we could take you or some, you know... Do you want to meet the president or something? We said, you know, right. we, we don't know the president, but we'll figure the shit out, Mom. <laughs> right? And um, so she said no. You know, she thought about it for a little while, and she said, you know, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Wow. She said, I'm scared of the cancer, but um, I just want to be around you kids and, and the little ones, a um, bunch of grandkids, and um, I just want to be at home. I don't want to be in the hospital. And if it's my time, it's my time, you know? And... Um, while it was courageous, it really bothered us. Because you think about it, your own mom's dying. She gave us so much. Now we have the means to help her in some way. Mm -hmm. You just want to give her last wish. So it kind of bummed us out. Um, but then we talked about it and came to realize that she lived her whole life, you know, like giving love. And she loved with all her heart every day. And um, so now that she knows she's dying, mm -hmm. she didn't have to run around to make up for love she didn't get. That's why she was comfortable. Yeah. So we went to see her. I went to see her and I said, hey, mom, you know, we got it figured out. You know, now we know why you don't need to go do something because you've loved with all your heart. And she said, oh, that's really sweet. But I did think of something. <laughs> and um, so we said, what was it? She said, nothing while I'm alive. But after I go, I want you to throw me a ripping party. Mm. And um, so we did. We threw her a great party and great music and great dancing and great food and all our friends and her friends. And, um, you know, it was really great. And I think right to the end, she was teaching us because um, that time will come for you and that time will come for me. And when it comes... You know, the question is, will we have to run around and make up for love we didn't give? Love might be the most powerful superpower of all ten, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so will we have to run, run around and make up for love that we wish we give and didn't? Or will we sit back like our mom did with a big smile and say, throw me a ripping party? Mm. You know, like that. that's... Uh, so yeah. if you got to go, it was a good way to go. That's cool. It was a great party. Great party. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we can only hope that, you know, it met up to her standards. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, a couple final questions for you. This has been great. I feel like yeah. we could do this for, for hours. Um, something I like to ask at the end of every interview is the three truths question. So if this was, uh, you know, 50 years down the road, yeah. it's your last day. And yeah. Your book's gone. Your business is gone. The shirts have 
evaporated from the world. No one has access to yeah. anything you've ever created. Yeah. But you have a piece of paper and you get to write down three truths. The things yeah. you've learned about life that you know to be true yeah. in the world. From all your experience. Yeah. And that's your message you leave behind. Yeah. What would those three things be? Um, I think the first one would be choose to be an optimist. Because it's not only more fun, it's powerful. The second one would be share your optimism because the ride's a lot more fun when you're with others. And the third one would be whatever it is you want to try to do in the world, start it today. Don't wait because life goes by like that. Mm. Yeah. Powerful truth. I love it. Uh, final question before I ask, I want to acknowledge you, Bert, for, for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I want to acknowledge you for the optimism that you bring on a daily basis Thanks, buddy. to the world and for your, your commitment to spreading love, joy, peace, community to the world. Your mission is so powerful. You know, you've inspired millions of people and you're consistently going to inspire more people. So thank you for your, your mission. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate your service it. to the world. Yeah. Appreciate those words it's and uh, appreciate you having me here. Yeah, yeah. Final question. Yeah. It's what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is fulfillment. And fulfillment is different for everybody. So um, what will make you fulfilled in your life is something you ought to ask yourself mm. and review every day because uh, you don't reach goals and you don't reach greatness without knowing how to define it, you know? So for me, uh, fulfillment will be, is today and will be for my whole life, mm. knowing that I've tried everything I can to make the world a better place. Yeah. Um, you know, anything I learn, try to teach that and pass it on. And... Um, and try not to take credit for it all because, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's standing on the shoulders of people that came before. Yeah. So. I love it. I love it. Get the book, Life is Good, How to Live with Purpose and Enjoy the Ride. Make sure to check this out. It's at lifeisgood.com, also amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, anywhere books are sold. Go get this book. And where can people connect with you specifically online? Are you on everywhere yourself? Yeah, go to lifeisgood.com. And uh, are you, you on know, Twitter personally or Instagram or anything? I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of simplified <laughs> my life. So life is good. The brand uh, uses all the social mechanisms, cool. but um, personally, I'm, I don't even have email. There you go. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll buy the book and send you a snail mail. Send you a letter somewhere. <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah. Send us. I'll get it. Send send me anything to lifeisgood.com, and they'll get go. it to me. Yeah. Cool. Bert Jacobs, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate right it. Right on, Lewis. Thank you. Yeah. And there you have it. This is episode number 230. If you enjoyed this episode and you enjoyed connecting with Bert, then make sure to share this with your friends. The link is lewishouse.com slash 230 for 230. Go ahead and post it over on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn, Instagram. Let me know where you're listening to this in the world. I get tagged on Instagram constantly from your photos of where you're running and listening to the podcast when you're working out where you're cooking meals where you're traveling to on the trains and the subways and flying so continue to tag me at lewis house over on instagram and online where you're listening to the show if you enjoyed this make sure to connect with bert buy a copy of their book as well life is good the book how to live with purpose and enjoy the ride by bert and his brother john jacobs i hope you guys enjoyed this as well i appreciate you guys so much Please share this with your friends again, lewishouse.com slash 230. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. 